it's good to be back. Man, I missed y'all last week. I did watch online. That we, have, we have Facebook Live at our 11 a.m. service. Uh, and so I, that was really cool. I thank the team that, that puts that together because I was able to, to sit there as I was battling through the last of this flu. Y'all, I've been sick for six weeks. Six weeks I've been battling. I got a virus, then an infection, then another virus, then got bronchitis and got the flu. I think it's because I'm too friendly of a pastor. I think that's what it is. I just shaking everybody's hands and y'all, whatever y'all got, I'm getting. It's like a daycare, amen? Just like a daycare. But I'm glad to be back. I'm 110%. And I told myself, all right, you didn't preach last week, so you, you can't go long-winded. So I'm going to put a lot of power into a lot of time. It does a little bit of time, okay? All right? We are in the final installment of our message series called Relationship Goals. And I hope this has been a blessing to you. I know that it has been for me. Uh, I've so enjoyed not only teaching it, but then going home after these services and re-preaching it back to myself, looking back at my notes. If you've not been here, if you've missed one of the services, I would recommend you go back, go online, and listen to it and take good notes because I believe it's going to help you. I want to close it out today. This is something we've been saying every single week. This year, 2017 is a year that we're believing for miracles. We believe that God has spoken a word over us as a church, that this is going to be a year that God does wonders among us. Come on, how many are ready for God to do wonders among us? Amen. We're believing for salvations. We're believing for deliverance. We're believing for God to give us the buildings and the properties that he's, he has, he's promised us. We're believing that promises are going to be fulfilled in your life, that promotion is going to come in your life, that freedom is going to come in your life. Amen. We're believing that, but I also want to tell you that we're also believing for revival in our relationships. I don't want us to think that only miracles can only happen over here and leave our relationships for us to figure out. We're believing for revival in our relationships. For those of you that are struggling, God's going to help you, give you direction, guidance. We believe for those of you that everything is great right now, He's going to give you some guidance for when times do get tough. Any of you old folks know that times can be good, but times can get tough real fast. Amen? Amen. So we're believing that God is going to do a work in our relationships. I just feel led to remind you every single time. Our text has been in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, and we've gone old school, and we've gone to the King James Version, and uh, not because we got something here that we think you got to read from the King James Version, but really because I like the way it rhymes. That's the reason... And so Genesis 2 and 24 says this, Therefore shall a man leave, everybody say leave, Leave. his father and mother, and shall cleave, everybody say cleave. Cleave. That word cleave means to embrace, means to grab hold of, to be united, to be joined to, to become one with. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Remember we're talking today and this whole series has been about all relationships. But we're taking this first one, the first one that's ever recorded, the very first relationship ever. And we're talking about how did this happen? Because this is God's goal. God's goal for our relationships, the God-given relationships, not acquaintances, Not the people you just hang out with, but those God-given relationships. God's goal is oneness, not unity, not we kind of like each other. God's goal is oneness in our relationships. And the secret 
to relational oneness comes from these two words. You got to learn to leave and you got to learn to cleave. Everybody say leave. Before we can have oneness in our relationships, we're going to have to do some leaving. And we spent some time on this. We spent several weeks on the leaving part because that's the part that we all struggle with. That's the tough one, saying goodbye to some stuff so that we can say hello to some other things. And again, if you've not, this is your first Sunday, you should go back online and listen to this message series. It'll get you caught up because before you can ever cleave, you got to learn to leave some things. And so a couple of weeks ago, we talked about reevaluating our relationships, taking some time. I believe we should do this once a year. We take some time and reevaluate the relationships in our life and disconnect from some unhealthy ones. So peace out, bye-bye, right? Start some good relationships. Find some people like, I want to know them. I want to I be friends with them. Start some good relationships and then nurture the ones that really matter. I love what Brian spoke on last week to do some maintenance, do some relationship maintenance. That's the relationships that matter. You take some time, you do some maintenance on those relationships. Come on, how many, how many have been doing some maintenance on your relationships lately? For some of you, it's just a little, you know, that spackling you can get, you know, just that you, like you get a hole in the, in the little nail hole, you can just cover it up and leave it, right? For some of y'all, y'all had to get out the sledgehammer, right? Got to put a whole new brick wall in, right? Whatever it is, we have to make a commitment to do what we got to do to make sure our relationships are healthy. So we've talked about leaving today. I want to talk about cleaving. Again, cleave. When you think cleaving, it's like you think meat cleaver, you know, you think, but that's not. The word cleave literally means to embrace. It means to unite, to be joined to, to become one with. Everybody say oneness. I don't know about you, but I love that, that when I hear the word cleave and then I know that it means embrace Embrace so much that you, you go into it, like you become one with it. Isn't that a beautiful description just in your mind, just hanging on? I think sometimes when we think of the word embrace, you think of the word clingy, you know, clingy. Nobody likes clingy, but not that kind of clingy. It's talking about grab and hold, pull it tight, so, so tight that nothing can come in between you. That's what God wants in our God-given relationships, that we hold on so tight. And, and maybe your relationship looks nothing like that right now. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're going, man, when I look at my relationships, I don't know that I have one that really looks like that. Or maybe you have one that's kind of close, but all the others, man, they're just frayed. You look at your relationship with, with uh, coworkers, your relationship with your children, with your neighbors, with your relatives, with your family, with your spouse, and you begin to say, man, I don't know that my relationships really look like that right now. Any of you right now that have a relationship that's just rough and tough, just raise your hand. Come on, come, come on, y'all. Really? How many of y'all got a relationship right now that's just rough? It's, it's, a, it, it's a rough one. And then you hear us talking about relational oneness, and you're like, how in the world could I ever get those two together? Well, let me give you an example of the worst relationship ever, and that is God and man. There has never been a more strained, estranged relationship 
than God and man. Ever. Think about the first time they tried this thing and how it really ended. How many of you ever had a relationship end pretty bad? Raise your hand. I'm going to do it again. Come on, I know it's 9 o'clock and it's DST, but how many of y'all had a relationship end really bad? Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a relationship end so bad like this that man not only cheated on God, but cheated on God with God's worst enemy? Not God's best friend, God's worst enemy. That's bad. You ever had a relationship so bad that not only were you cursed... But then you were kicked out, and then just so you never came back in, there was an angel placed there with a flaming sword. We're not talking about who gets, who gets custody, who gets, no. Come back in, you get your head chopped off with a flaming sword. There has never been a relationship more stretched and strained, and it's, it's terrible. Nothing could have ever ended worse than that. So whatever relationship you've ever had that ended bad, it's never been that bad. And also, could there be any more difference between God and man? You got God, you got man. So it doesn't matter what difference you have with those folks that you're struggling with. It's never been as bad as what God and man were. And yet, now, God calls us his family. And now God calls us his bride, his body. So it goes from being the worst that it could ever be to being the best that it could ever be. How did that happen? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's what we're going to talk about today, all right? First of all, the way that the relationship with God and man went from just bad to incredible, number one, write it down. He came to us. First of all, he came to us. I would say this is probably the hardest thing for most of us in tough relationships is us making the first step to go toward them. Because we begin to add up everything they've done wrong. We begin to add up all the stuff that they need to do before it can be made right. But Jesus did not just come and meet us halfway. He came all the way. He came to us. Everybody say, He came to us. But He didn't stop there, Olivia. He became one of us. There's no way that it gets any better than that. And this is why Paul said, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And gave himself for it. Even though the church did him wrong. Even though we turned our back on him. Even though. And wives, respect your husbands. Because this symbolizes what, what? I don't understand. I don't understand you, God. But I still respect you. You see, there's this thing where we have to have an understanding that the relationship that God has with us. The reason that's there is so that we can have those same type of relationships with one another. Look at your neighbor and say, amen. Amen. Tell the other one, say, you need to amen a little bit more this morning. (laughs) So the first way was he came to us. He came to us. I'm afraid most of us spend a lot of our time trying to get folks to come our way. 
Most of us spend our relationships hoping we can get them to see things the way we see things. Hoping they will love us the way we want to be loved, treat us the way we want to be treated. The goal of the majority of our relationships is to try to get them over to our side. And now look at this. Here's a little scripture. Matthew chapter 5 and 23 says this. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Isn't that different than, man, they're gonna have, they want this relationship, they're going to have to come to me. I'm a good friend. I'm a good relative. They want it. They're going to have to come to me. And yet the Bible says, drop what you have, go be reconciled to them, and then come back and pray. Could it be that sometimes our prayers aren't answered because we haven't obeyed this one thing? We haven't been reconciled? Everybody say, that's a hard word. How do we do it? First of all, I would recommend you removing some barriers in your life. This is going to help you become a better spouse and a better friend. Write it down. Remove barriers. Now, I want to to give a clear difference in boundaries and barriers. A clear difference in boundaries and barriers. A boundary is something that you put up and say, hey, this is my boundary, okay? This right here, this is my time. This is my family. This is my house. This is our sacred place. This is what we do. A barrier is where you begin to build it up and you put barbed wire on top of it so nothing can get in and nothing can get out. Let me just give you a word of advice. Some of you have read the book Boundaries. Some of you have listened to great teaching. Some of us have have learned about boundaries and it's been good for us, but we didn't stop at just building boundaries. We started building barriers and that's where it becomes wrong. Because then you become secluded and you become exclusive. You can't, nothing, nobody can even see in. They don't even know what's going on back there until every once in a while you open the door and walk out. And I just encourage you to do what Jesus did. He broke all the barriers down. He laid down every authority that heaven had given him. Laid it all down. Every barrier. And came and became one of us. Don't build so many walls in your life that people can't get to you easily. But I've been hurt. We've all been hurt. But I don't have a great personality. Doesn't matter. Just because you don't have a great personality doesn't mean you have to build walls. I would just encourage you today to make it so folks can get to you easier. The folks that want you and need you A dear friend of mine, Dr. David Foster, who's passed on now, pastored a great church here in Nashville, and he used to say this, people will love you if you let them. He told me one day, he said, I spent so many years, he was a a megachurch pastor, and he said, I spent so many years uh, uh, putting up walls between me and the crazy people. All them crazy people, I want to put the walls up, and he said, I found out once my walls fell down that there weren't many crazy people out there. Come on, let's, let's, let's let some walls fall. God wants to help you with your relationships. Break some walls down. It's not easy, 
But it's, it's, it's important that we pull the walls down so that it's not hard for people to come to us or for people to come back to us. I'm going to tell you right now as a pastor, that's one thing you have to learn really, really quick. As a pastor, you've got to learn that people come and sometimes people go. And you always got to do everything you can to make sure that door is wide open so they can come back. There's people in this room right now that have left the hills and gone to another place or another church and they're back here right now because we want to make sure that just because you leave doesn't mean you can't come back. Those of you that are in sales, those of you, you learn that. But learn it in every area of your life. Somebody offends you, don't kick them out and put a wall up so they can't come back. Now look. If they're abusive, if they're insane, that's another story, okay? That's like a whole other thing. Put a wall up, all right? Put a brick wall. Come on, y'all know what I'm saying, right? I feel like I have to say that sometimes because of that one person that doesn't have common sense. It's just like, okay, he said, let you back in. So come on. No, don't, don't let them back in. So first of all, he came to us. Are y'all good? And secondly, he came to us the right way. He didn't just show up. Like I've said this many times, if I was him and I showed up, I wouldn't have waited to the, to the end of time to show, back, show up on a white horse. I'd have came in the first time. Wouldn't be that back of a donkey for me. Come on. I'm rolling on a white horse. Can I get an amen from somebody right now? White horse. I'm here, y'all. What's up? Let's go. And think about even after he's crucified and resurrected, he just shows up to a couple people, to a few people. Not me. I've been back on that white horse. I'm back, (laughs) y'all. But he didn't do that. Sometimes we do that with our relationships. We show back up in them, but we don't show back up in them the right way. Or we start relationships, and we don't start them the right way. I want to talk to you about how we start them the right way. Look at this. He came us the right way. Mark 10 and 45. Jesus said this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I'm going to tell you the secret to every relationship, serving and giving. He didn't just show up. He didn't just come to us. He came to us the right way. This is so different than most of us, though. When we look at our job, We look at how it can benefit us instead of how can we serve there. We look at those coworkers that drive us out of our mind, those students, those neighbors, family, church, whatever it is. We look at it. This is just us. We're humans. We look at it as how can this benefit me? How can this relationship help? Come on, can I get an amen from somebody today? How can this help me? This is why marriage is just, after a while, they just kind of get stale and stagnant, and then they stalemate. Is because at the beginning, we're like, I just want to help you, baby. I just want to love you, baby. I just want to serve you, baby. I'll drink your bath water, whatever it is. I'll do it, you know, just whatever it is. But after a little while, after a little time, we stop the serving, and we stop thinking about what can I What can I get out of this? Churches, we see that all the time. People come to us all the time that say, well, I I went and I church hopped for a while. Why were you church hopping? I was looking around. Why? I want to see what could meet my needs the most. 
Well, what if we just had the exact opposite in mind? What if we showed up to a church that didn't have something we'd like, but had something we could offer? We have something we could offer. Wouldn't that change everything? What if we showed up to a job instead of saying, I'm going to see with how this can benefit me. We showed up saying, I've got a talent that this job needs. I'm going to help it out. What if instead of picking and choosing with our, with our spouses and trying to figure out and being picky, picky what if we said, I, today, I'm going to serve you. Look, forget a lifetime. Just start today. Just right now, open the door for them. Fix their coffee the way they want it to. You know what I mean? Do what you got to do to serve. Everybody say serve. And all of that, did he, not only did he serve, he said the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. Jesus didn't look at us and say, what can I get out of them? He came giving. How many of you walk into relationships looking for promotion? I'm going to raise my hand. How many of you, when you meet somebody in the back of your mind, you go, I wonder what I can get out of this relationship. What kind of favors can I get out of this one right here? Opportunistic, like looking for it. What's my angle going to be on this one right here? How can I? We all do it somehow. Come on. Married folks, we're all trying to figure out the way. I, I, right now, I left my wife a note today before I left today to serve and to give, but I'm already thinking about dividends, okay? I'm just telling you. (laughs) Thinking about what can I get out of this? What can we get out of this? That's not how Jesus did it. If you've never read the book, His Needs, Her Needs. Come on, can I get a whistle and amen from somebody right here? We got, a, we got a crew that's doing it right now. We got a gathering that's going through that book. Uh, last name Harley. William Harley. One of the books that changed mine and Kristen's marriage. His Needs, Her Needs, The Five Love Languages, great books. But His Needs, Her Needs, the entire, the entire book is about if you will focus on meeting the needs of that other person, then you're going to watch that your needs are going to be met in return. Again, some of you have been married to some insane, selfish, narcissistic people. It may not work for them, okay? But for a normal person, a normal person, I think we need to do a series just on crazy, right? Come on. How many will come to that series, all right? You got to do 20% tithes, okay? But we're going to do that one. That's going to be a... <laughs> it's got to be a whole thing. What if you showed up to hear the, that series and the person you thought was crazy showed up too because they were there because of you? I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> just thinking. <that> one. <laughs> what if we changed that? What if we did what Jesus did and we started giving and serving instead of trying to figure out how we're going to be given to and how we're going to get our way and how we're going to be served. Let me talk to you about those of you that your, your relationship, when it does stagnate and it does stalemate and it just becomes mundane, the greatest way to restart a relationship is by giving and serving. I wish we had money to get away. Well, start by serving. Start by giving. Start right there. So how did he become one with us? First of all, 
He came to us. Secondly, He came to us the right way. And number three, He stuck with us. That's my favorite. Look at your neighbor and say, He stuck with us. Proverbs 18 and 24 in the NIV says this, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Most theologians believe this was prophetic of Jesus Christ because Jesus said things like this, Hey, a real friend lays down his life for those. Who does that? Brother? Family? And yet there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He stuck with us. Matthew 28 and 20, Jesus said, And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, you can even doubt me. I am going to stick with you. Anybody here ever doubted God, and when your doubt was done, he was still hanging out there waiting on you? How about the rest of y'all? Come on. Have you ever doubted God and he still did not leave you? Because it's a promise. He doesn't just come to us, but he comes to us the right way. And he doesn't leave us when things get tough. I'm going to tell you what. I've been praying for the spiritual gift in our church and in our city of stickability. Praying for the spiritual gift of stickability. People that when they make a commitment, when they say, I do, that's what they mean. When they sign on the dotted line and say, this is my neighborhood, this is my job, this is my school, this is my church. When things start getting tough, instead of jumping ship, instead of church hopping, instead of filing papers and splitting up, there's just some stickability about it. One of the great love stories in our church, and when they feel like it's time, uh, Ryan and Mandy Scott, incredible story, and they're, they're, they're on the road right now, but they're the incredible, incredible story. Uh, they, were, they were done. Their marriage was done. It was over. It was kaput. It was gone. And now when you look at Ryan and Mandy, they're just a perfect example of a beautiful family that's in love. They're in leadership here at our church. And I asked Mandy one time, I said, what's the, what's the secret? She said you just don't leave you just don't leave you just say I'm here here I am said I do I'm here I'm right here come on we need more of that we need more of hey this is my spouse right here my spouse they ain't perfect they do dumb stuff yeah but I'm here do I always like what they do no do I always like them no but I'm here come on y'all can men see that right there man I'm trying to help you out Two Sundays ago, I gave you a chance. Men, that's the moment that you go, amen. We need more of that. We need more of, this is is my family. This is my friend. This is my church. For better or for worse, this is who I'm with. And if it goes down, I'm going down with it. Hold up, let me stop on that one right there. If it goes down, I'm going down with it. 
Man, what if we had that kind of thing? Those kind of relationships in our life where when the fight started, you knew they weren't going to run. That they're the kind of people that will help you fight when you get in trouble. But there's also the kind of people that will fight you to keep you out of trouble. Those kind of people, they're in it for what you need. They're in it to serve you. They're in it to give toward you. How many want those kind of friends in your life? Are you ready to be that kind of friend? Are we ready to be those kind of spouses? Ready to be those kind of employees and neighbors and students and classmates and church family? We could change this city. Nashville is a city that's known for me, 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 me. My, 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 right? Well, what the, the, what's the, my, my, my little seagulls, remember that? Mine, 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 me, 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 mine, mine. That's it's the me monster, Brian Regan's calls it. It's, just, it's all about me, but what if we change that? If we can change that, we can change our relationships. So those of you that are struggling in some, that you know God wants you to be together, God wants you to be with them, I want to encourage you to do it the way he did it. Make a step toward them. And make a step toward them the right way. And then once you get there, make a plan to stay there. I want us to go after those kind of relationships. I love it when I find scriptures where Jesus quotes scripture. It's like he's quoting himself, you know. I love that. He grabs something from the Old Testament. We just read it in Genesis. And now he quotes his own word. Check this out. Matthew 19 and 4. Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. And then all of a sudden, Jesus adds one more thing at the end. And since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. If God has put you in a relationship that you know is a God-given relationship, and again, you know, it breaks down. It's, it's, it's uh, thousands to hundreds to teens to threes to ones. I mean, it, it gets down. It gets, it gets stronger as it, as it funnels down. But I'm talking about those that you know Man, I, I'm, that's right there. That's supposed to be, that's going to be my person. God's put me in their life. I want to encourage you to fight for that. First of all, you don't find that very much. Fight for it. Do what you got to do to make it what God wants it to be. Those of you that are married, please don't have the goal of just making it to 25 years. Please don't have the goal of just making it until the kids graduate. Can you imagine what those kids, well, we're going to make it till they graduate so, you know, they don't have to walk through the trauma. What trauma is that when they graduate and realize that you've been living a facade for those many years? We're just hanging out together until, but you don't know our relationship. No, but God does. And I'm telling you, I'm believing for revivals in relationships. I'm believing for the ones that are too far gone that God gets in the middle of it. But here's what we've got to do. We're going to have to invite him in the middle of it. 
And then we're going to have to do things the way he wants them done. Come on, how many receive this word today? Do you receive it today to help you? I'm no Brian Larson, but I felt like that was pretty good today. Let me pray for you.